0: in this parable that Matthew has Jesus addressing to the high priests and the leaders of the people, the establishment, the religious establishment of his day, we have a recap, a cliff note version, if you will, of salvation history as the Christian community saw it around the time that St. Matthew was putting his gospel to paper. At first, God invited all people to the banquet, but because of sin, no one could enter. So then God sent out another invitation, particularly to the Jewish people, and that some said no outright when Jesus, the son of the great king, came. Others uh, mistreated his servants and put the prophets to death, again, looking back at Jewish history. And in a particular twist of St. Matthew, that he puts the the king's anger uh, and goes and destroys the city, And remember, for the church around this time, the temple had just been destroyed. The Romans had just come in and leveled the holy city of Jerusalem. So this was a very real and fresh image in the church's mind at this time. Now, of course, it's no mistake that So much of our tradition uses the image of a banquet, uh, of gathering around food for what the kingdom of God uh, will be like. Uh, Juicy, rich foods and choice wines, as the prophet Isaiah says in the first reading. Now, many of us know what it's like to prepare a beautiful feast, a banquet for family and friends. We take much joy and delight in preparing something that will delight the people that we love, that we will bring them together, and to, to um, prepare this banquet where we can all be together. Uh, Probably you haven't done that recently because of COVID, but certainly you all know what it means to to do that. Um, My mother prepared a huge uh, banquet for the night after my first mass as a priest. And because I'm an only child, she treated it very much like a wedding banquet. She had lists upon lists upon lists of who she was going to invite, what she was going to serve, who was going to sit with whom, and who couldn't sit with whom, um, and all this, and she she put so much time and energy into it. At one point she came to me with, uh, she was stressed out because she was trying to make the seating arrangements and she was having trouble with uh, one particular table and she was asking me for my help and I was not the most sympathetic son I have to admit uh, I told her mom everybody's gonna come to this beautiful party that you're throwing everybody is going to be in a great mood you know it doesn't matter and she looked at me like I had three heads uh, and then walked away just kind of shaking her head very disappointed in my response but as I had predicted, everybody came and everyone had a marvelous time and she was very much uh, the queen uh, of the feast. Uh, I don't know if it would be proper to say la reina de la fiesta. Um, And she enjoyed every minute of it. And we learn from not only the prophet Isaiah but from Matthew's telling of this parable that at the end God opens the wedding feast of heaven to all people, that, that he says, okay, forget the list, forget everything, everybody, get people in here. And this is what the experience of the church is from the time of the Lord's ascension until the end of time, that everyone is invited into the church, good and bad alike. Uh, that it's nothing that we deserved, it's nothing that we merited, but it's only because God chose to invite us that we can gather in his banquet. But, and there's always a but, uh, that for the eternal banquet, for the banquet that will know no end, something more is required than us simply saying yes to the Lord. At the end of the parable, this man is found without appropriate attire, uh, that he's come to the party way underdressed. And for this, he is bound and thrown out of the banquet outside where there is wailing and gnashing of teeth. And that should give us pause to reflect, again, that there is more required of us than simply saying yes to God. What might it be? Well, many of the ancient fathers of the church saw that love is the garment that was missing. You know, St. Paul said that we are to put on Christ as we would put on clothing. So if we think of charity, of love as the garment that we are to put on, this begins to make sense. St. Paul told the Corinthians, if I speak in human and angelic tongues but do not have love, I am a resounding gong or a clashing symbol." if I have the gift of prophecy and comprehend all mysteries and all knowledge, if I have all faith so as to move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give away everything that I own, and if I hand over my body so as that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. So it is love that is what we are to put on that will help us to show that we have accepted God's invitation. Because Christ's love is more than just words. It's more than just beautiful sentence sentiments written on a hallmark card. Jesus poured himself out completely for us. Jesus came to die so that we might have life. So the garment that we are to put on must be distinctively Christ-shaped. It must be in the form of Christ's life. So this, brothers and sisters, is our challenge to, in the world, in the midst of the banquet that we celebrate in this and every Mass, that we then go out and pour out God's love into the lives of others. There is so much dissent and hatred and discord and division in our world, whether it be political or racial or any other way, humanity might divide itself. Christians are to be the binding force that bring people together around the person of Jesus, around his cross, and around his resurrection. And it is we who are called to bring this gift from this place, from this altar, to go out and to be that force of unity in the world and inviting other people Uh, to come in and to share the banquet of God that God has prepared for them. Indeed, we can be so grateful that God has called us to share in this banquet, and we pray that by our actions, by our words, we may put on Christ and that we may be found worthy to enter into that eternal banquet that has no end.